It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. <laughs> just stop. Stop rubbing it. Stop rubbing it so hard. The more you rub it, the bigger it gets, baby. And this show is already pretty damn big. <laughs> Keep rubbing it, though, because I'm getting a full-blown throbbing hood. You know what? Because it's episode 152. of a show for you today uploaded late because Klaus broke the recording equipment he was trying to record him and his first cousin the 93 year old Doris the janitor here at the Pimp International Racing Circuit they were trying to create the beast with two backs yes getting down and dirty and flirty baby if you don't mind and you know what I don't blame you Klaus I don't blame you one bit sometimes it's good to get adventurous with your cousin What's more important than family is what I always say. But anyway, big show here. We're going to be talking everything about Checo's new deal and what it means for the seats and the lineups for the 2023 season. I'm predicting the whole lineup, the whole grid right now. A brand spanking new Crofty's Love Files is coming your way. Woo-wee! And the top five drivers that are under the least amount of pressure this year. Least amount. Woo! Let's go, baby. But we need to stop fucking about because we need to now hand the mic over to a man. A man that lost his virginity before his dad did. A man that's counted to infinity twice. That man as Mr. David Croft. Take it away, Crofty. It's lights out and away we go. Once a week, one man emerges from the pit lane to deliver all the news, discussion, and results of Formula One. Well, that time has arrived. Sit back, relax, for the Park It In My Fermé show. Here is your host, Colby. Woo-wee! That is... Right, ladies and gentlemen. Don't let go. Grip it hard with both hands because it is your main squeeze, Cody, aka the colder bottomist. Just a little bit weary 
after flying in this morning on the private chopper from the Palais in the south of France to the Pierre Vinter Nasnau Racing Circuit. $97 billion seats. 46 million people. Woo! 82 miles long. And you know what? I'm standing next to the infinity pool. I am butt naked in a weird superhero pose. Hands on hips, just letting it all hang low, swing low, sweet chariots. Not even soaking up the sun and enjoying myself, but letting you all know what I'm working with. And that is a big sweaty hog down there. Woo! But as you look at me, you can tell, I can tell, you can tell that something's missing. And yes, it is my Fermi. So please, if you happen to find it, remember, it's probably more scared of you than you are of it. But also remember to park it on up in there as it is the parking in my Fermi show, the number one. Company F1 podcast in the entire world, according to my mum. And we've got all the news, opinions, discussions, results, reviews, previews, live triangles, seat predictions, and more. Episode 152 is sneaking up behind you and gently kissing and caressing your neck while telling you everything is going to be okay. That's what this episode is doing. But don't be down like a clown, Charlie Brown, if you've missed out on the previous 151. They are there on the greatest website in the entire World Wide Webs that doesn't contain the naked boobies yet. That's parkingmyfermate.com. But what I'd love more than anything right now, more than Gal Gadot sitting on my face, I'd love for you to look down at that podcast listening device and give the subscribe and follow button just the teeniest, tiniest little bit of a slap and tickle. That way you get to be the first in the world to hear this. My sexy, soothing, smooth sounds three times a week and there ain't a damn thing wrong with getting down and dirty with a cool apotamus rolling around in the slop three times a week getting nice and filthy, baby. Woo! So change out of those horrendous hideous clothes. You look ugly. You look disgusting. I'm vomiting in my mouth. Look at you. No, 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 no. You sit back down. Don't you? Le- don't you dare leave. No, no. Where you going? Hey, no, no. Where you going? Come back. Come back. Come out. No, no, I'm sorry. I love you, baby. I love you. All I'm saying is you need to go grab yourself a complimentary double Midori on ice from Doris. Get nice and comfortable. Maybe pick yourself up a nice pimp embroidered silk robe from the merchandise store. Code in description for a cheeky little five percent off if you don't mind. Sit back. Relax. And enjoy the show. Sergio Perez, who started in the top six here in Monaco for the first time ever, who has led a race in Monaco for the first time ever, who suffered disappointment in Barcelona last time out, and who has rebounded in some style to take his third victory in Formula One. It's Perez in the Principality. He wins the Monaco Grand Prix. Carlos Sainz once more has to settle for a runners-up spot behind a Red Bull here in Monaco. Max Verstappen completes the podium with third place and Charles Leclerc in his own race comes home to finish for the first time. But that might not be too much comfort for a race where he led the early stages. This is us. Come on. Vamos. Well done, guys. Make sure you like the socials at Park It In My Ferme on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. That is exactly what you need to do go ahead and like those socials do it now slide into the dms i'll be there arms wide open i'll catch you you're not gonna hurt yourself no 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 and you send some nudes i send some nudes we'll just see what's up just see what what's that mrs Cotopodos, what? oh she says no nudes just send them anyway all right because something happened recently and that was our boy sergio perez checo as we call him he just signed a nice chonky hunky deal and after his monaco win too baby he is now getting himself paid Here comes the money. 
Woo! Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. Yes. Dollar, dollar. Yes. Dollar, dollar. Woo. So now it's time to start speculating. Who will go where? What the grid will look like before the end of the season. We're starting to get a bit of a rough idea. But we can't just jump in without starting up our brand new jingle. Oh, no, 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 no. So it's time, Klaus. Klaus. <laughs> Roll the jingle. Oh, no, not this. No, Klaus, not this one. Oh, for fuck's sake. Is that seat yours? Is that seat mine? I think that seat's mine. You want to drive a car that's Klaus, mine. No. You can no. fuck off that driver's seat's mine. 2022 no, driver's no, seat predictions. Klaus, you didn't update it. Also, the jingle sucks, and I'm not doing a full year of it. No, Klaus, no, no, no. We can't spend another fucking year listening to that shit. All right, we need something better. We need something that gets straight to the point. That, that gets the fucking people excited, a tingling in the plums. Klaus, how about you hit that button over there? Hey, you. Hey, you. Oi, can't. That's my fucking seat. That's not your seat. That's my seat. Give it here now. Perfect. Yep, 100% the best jingle we've ever done. Straight to the point. And let's go. Whew. But I'm pretty fired up right now, Klaus. I'm telling you that right now. But like I said, a little bit earlier, Checo has signed. He got himself a big old bag of cash. Woo! Checo Here we Gomez! Go. Money oh. Here comes the money! Woo. Woo. Oh. Getting all those bitches on that yacht too. Woo. Woo. But now the grid is starting to take some form of shape. That certainly is the case at the pointy end of the grid with all the seats of the major teams already decided for next season. Red Bull, there is no doubt there. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. You've got Max Verstappen, the man they are looking to build that team around for the next decade and the one they've been building it around for the past five or so years. He is your world champion. I am sorry, Lewis Hamilton fans. No, you've got to face it. He's the world champ. Lewis lost last year. Max Verstappen won. End of discussion. But he seems to be able to take a car that isn't suited for that track and immediately have it compete for the win. And the only thing stopping him from getting wins is if the car just shits the bed. If it goes full Amber Heard and just no longer can compete at all and you cannot race. But you need a partner. Every Tango needs a cash. Every Batman needs a Robin. Every Cordopotamus just needs some light kisses to the tip of his penis. Occasionally. <laughs> They've tried with a few different drivers in the past. Daddy Rick, Big Dick Daddy Rick, give your girl a bone. Daniel Ricciardo, Pierre Gasly, Alexander Albon, and it wasn't until they got Checo in there that they really started to look good. Checo was the perfect partner for Max, with great defending and always being near the front of the grid more often than not. Helps out with the strategies, especially when the pit stops come, the overcut, the undercut. That is really, really important, especially in places like Monaco. And as we saw, Ferrari fucked that one up big time because Red Bull put themselves in a position to fuck them up. They're, they're both going to be here for next year. Well done, Red Bull. Let's move on to the next team. We're going to look at Ferrari. Now, look, you love Charles Leclerc more than I love Naomi Schiff, and she gives me a full-blown Schiffy. He ain't going anywhere. But you know what? You've also signed Carlos Sainz. Hit it, Klaus! Smooth operator. I don't care. I'm going to play it again, baby. Woo! Smooth operator. Suck my dick. Smooth operator. 
operator. Uh, uh, uh. Smooth. There is not a hair on his body or mine. We go to the same place. Yeah, we wax up together. We wax on and wax all. But they've already signed signs for next season already, and I think for 2024 as well. So you guys are set, you're done and dusted, and I think at the time they did the signing, there wasn't an issue at all. Signs was up there with Leclerc and even beating him in some of the races. And Leclerc, but he is their project. He is their golden child. Every team has one. He is the one they are investing in, and he's going to be the one that they stick with. However, recently there have been some chinks in the armor. Some cracks in uh, they're gonna start appearing. And I'm not talking about Mike Crack over at Aston Martin. I'm talking about cracks over there at Ferrari right now. Ferrari really fucked up Monaco. Like they really fucked it up. I know we have fucking Jos Verstappen bitching about Red Bull screwing over Max, but Ferrari really just snatched that defeat from the jaws of victory right there. I don't know how they did it. Ferrari were Hillary Clinton in 2016. Ferrari were the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals in 2016. Ferrari were the Atlanta Falcons up 28-3 on the Patriots in the Super Bowl. That's what Ferrari were in Monaco. Like, it's impossible for them to lose. They started 1-2. And they finished 2-4. They still found a way to lose. But they've got their boys sorted. They're, they're two great drivers there with people like Giovinazzi, Racing Car Jesus... And Mick Schumacher waiting in the wings, although I think Mick might be done in F1. I don't know. We'll talk about that one a little bit later on. Next team we are going to talk about, though, is Mercedes. I mean, they're also sort of for next year. Lewis is around. I think if Lewis wins this year, <laughs> I think if Lewis... Oh, I cracked myself up. I think if Lewis is going <laughs> to... If he wins this year, it's not going to happen. But if he can... He'll retire. If he won last year, he would have retired. It's just a two-year deal, and there is a chance Lewis looks at retiring so he can eat plants and sing songs with Roscoe on his guitar. But of course, the seven-time world champ is there, and alongside him is George Russell, your grandma's wet dream, has proven to be an excellent signing for Mercedes as well. Seven races this season, seven top five finishes, if you don't mind. Only driver on the grid to do that. He's consistently up there and is the reason why if, a big if, Mercedes gets the parts and upgrades they need to compete, but they still can go on to win the Constructors' titles this year. It's not a fucking impossible task, but it's pretty fucking close to it. So no-brainer there. Those two drivers are going to be sticking around. And lastly, of the teams that have their drivers sorted for next year, we're going to talk about McLaren. Although, that might not be the case. As we can see, there's not all sunshine and roses there with Big Dick, Danny Rick, Give Your Girl a Bone, Daniel Ricciardo. No one really being able to put their finger on it, and I'd love nothing more than to just not only put my finger on it, but my mouth, my body, anything you want. Oh, I love you. But why is BDDR having such a hard time? And apparently, it all comes down to the confidence in the car. He doesn't trust it, and I get it. We've got trust issues sometimes. It's a car that was designed for Lando Norris. McLaren's golden child. Every team has one. The one they're investing in for the long term. Daniel Ricciardo may get replaced before the end of the contract. But if that's the case, don't be shocked if he goes to another team like an Alfa Romeo or an Aston Martin. But we will discuss that a little bit later on. I think he's built up too much goodwill in the sport and equity to just be shown the door. And if you actually look at the results this year, they're not that different than Lando. The car, the team have been doing poorly. Lando and, and Danny Rick are just there trying to hold on. There's been two DNS for Danny Rick, both of which aren't his fault. 
He hasn't been that far off. He's just been behind, and that's to be expected when the only F1 car Lando has ever known is a McLaren. So, of course, he's going to feel confident with it. He's going to trust that car. That's the only one he knows. But alas, I'm waffling. P.S. Nikita, give them titties a squeeze. Mazepin has still won more races than Lando Norris. Look up their F2 results. You still love Lando? You still love him? But now, we are moving into teams that haven't got their shit together just yet. And as as teams sort it out along the way, we'll see if my predictions are right or whether or not the team made a mistake because first up is probably the easiest one of the remaining teams to guess for next year, and that is Alpine. So Alpine, they've invested in Esteban Ocon. That makes sense. He's French. They're French. Let's all ride Vespers, eat baguettes, drink champagne, and smoke those skinny fucking cigarettes together. He signed for the next year, and at the time that he signed... He, it was a bit of a shit show. He did horribly for the next few rounds. I thought Alpine made a huge fucking mistake. They fucked themselves. But they trusted him. And he rewarded them. They've turned it around. He then went on to get a win in Hungary, albeit with Alonso's assistance. But a good signing nonetheless. But there is a number two driver in that academy that we all want to see in Formula 1. I think Alonso is going to be done after this season. I'd be annoyed and shocked if they re-signed him. I love Alonso, and I will admit I was 100% wrong about bringing him back because he's been great for the sport since he's come back to F1. But he's 84 years old. It's time for him to be let go. Go live on that farm upstate. Go retire, man. Oscar Piastri, F3 and F2 champion, first years into the sport. The Australian sensation that seems to dominate the sport when given the opportunity is just sitting there, waiting patiently. Get him in! I think you almost want to do it before the end of the season so that the start of next season he is comfortable, in there, ready to fuck shit up, got some experience under the belt. That's who they need to sign and they need to do it long term. If you get the joy of Ocon and Piastri long term, then Alpine will be a fucking problem and a nightmare on that grid. Let's talk about the next team, though, and that is Alfa Romeo now, because they, they too have someone signed for next season. They've got Valtteri Bottas, the bot-bot. And why wouldn't you? He's been freed from the chains and shackles, and he can now soar like a fucking eagle. He's the new Pierre Gasly, someone that's outperforming the car and getting P6 each and every week, it seems. When he is almost beating out his old teammate, Lewis Hamilton, who, by the way, is in a fucking Mercedes, then you know that the bot-bot has some fucking pace to him. The man can actually drive. But the number two driver there at the moment is Zhou Guanyu. Now, I think you stick with Zhou. Yeah, you bring him back for another year. Remember, he's a rookie. You have to. He has shown he can drive. You want to keep selling that merch in China? You want to keep growing your brand? He's the guy you need to have around. It makes sense. Keep him around at least one more season. And seeing that Tsunoda is having the second season in F1 of his fucking life, then maybe experience is key. It just shows how important just a little bit more experience can be in the big leagues. Then if it isn't working, get rid of it. Look at picking up one of those F2 boys because there are a lot to fucking choose from at the moment that are driving quite well and looking the goods. Next up, we're going to be talking about Haas. Now they've got Kevin Magnuson, aka K Mags, aka the Viking Princess. For next season, all squared away. A man that came in, kicked down the fucking door, and is scoring half some fucking points. And I love to see it. Seeing them be successful is great. And they are an American team. Now I, now I know. They don't look like it or feel like it, but they are. And right now, F1 needs to keep riding that wave. 
But we aren't here to discuss that. What's going on with the number two driver's seat there? That is what we need to talk about. The problem Mick is having at the moment is that Nikita Mazepin isn't around anymore to make him look good. And Mick is starting to rack up the repair bills on all the crashes he has had with Haas. He's also not contracted for next season either. Too many times Mick has been in the points and screwed himself out of it. So what do we do? Do we look at replacing Mick Schumacher and bringing in someone else? I think it's too early to tell. I love Mick Schumacher. Adolf Hitler's dream, that Aryan race dream. The one he loved. That's who he's modeling that future on. I want him around. Not Hitler. No, no, I'm happy he's gone, but Mick Schumacher. But the results aren't there. I'm thinking Gunther needs to say, if you don't score or there aren't any improvements in the second half of the season, then we aren't going to renew your contract and we will bring in someone else like Felipe Dragovic? Dragovic? Dragovic. Felipe Dragovic. Or Theo Pecciola. Someone who's young and dominating Formula 2 at the moment. But more importantly, someone that isn't going to cost you a million dollars each time they crash the car. Don't go for someone with a famous last name again. Don't go for Enzo Fittipaldi or Jack Doohan. Not yet. Wait and see. And then, if there is no improvement with Mick, bring in the best available. Pair them with Magnussen, get some consistent results, and pull Huss's name out of the fucking toilet. Next team. Alpha Tauri. This one is a little bit tricky because I think Pierre Gasly might be done there. I think he might be. I think he gets out from under Red Bull's grasp, and I think for Red Bull, they also want to get rid of him. Tsunoda is sticking around. Huge following in Japan, and Alpha Tauri are basically a clothing brand anyway. That does some racing on the side. But I think Gasly goes to another team on the grid, and I think I'll cover that off a little bit later on, but now Alpha Tauri need to replace him. Now, Red Bull do have a shitload of drivers in their young driver program that are doing very well in F2. Liam Lawson, Daruvula, Yuri Vips. And I think getting one of them in there would be an awesome move. But let's look down the grid. Is it time for Alexander Albon back in that seat? Get him back there? Are they going to look at bringing him back? Or do they make a play for Big Dick Danny Rick? Get him in that Red Bull again. This one's tricky to tell. The smart thing to do would be to grab one of those F2 drivers I mentioned. Get them trained up over the years to help out with Max in that Red Bull car when Checo eventually retires. Get some world titles in the future. But Red Bull don't always do the smart thing. So I'm going to say this. They grab Alexander Albon back from Williams and place him in an AlphaTauri with Sunoda. The Asian boys are running these streets. That's what's actually going to happen. And I don't like it. Don't like it one bit. Now we're going to talk about Aston Martin. Well, they haven't got anyone contracted. But if Lance Stroll, if Lance Stroll, because you're a rich boy and you know you can't drive and it doesn't really matter anyway. You can rely on your old man's money. You can rely on your old man's money. That's exactly right. No one's contracted, but if Lance Stroll doesn't get a drive, I will tongue Lawrence Stroll's butthole. Yes, if Lance Stroll doesn't get a drive for Aston Martin next year, I'll tongue Lawrence Stroll's butthole. But I think Aston Martin need to boot Seb out. I love Sebastian Vettel. Yes, I do. It's it's true even after the whole multi-21, Seb. Multi-21 incident. Poor, poor Mark Webber. But he's old and Aston Martin need young drivers in there that they can work with, develop a car around and build a strong team to start moving back up that ladder. Because right now they look weak and pathetic. Also, stop with Nico Hulkenberg. Enough is enough. I love Hulkenberg, a.k.a. Hunkenberg. But he sucks. He sucks. 
Get him out. And yes, I've pissed off a lot of you by saying that, but you know what? You know I'm right. You know I'm right. Hasn't even got a fucking podium. Who doesn't have a podium these days? Sort your shit out. Come on. This may be a team that throws a lot of money out of Daniel Ricciardo to bring him in, but I'd love to see them snatch up Stoffel Van Dorn or Nick DeVries from Mercedes, stick them in there. Maybe even Callum Illett, although I think Callum Illett's now getting just a little bit too long in the tooth. But no, that's the smart thing to do. And Mike Crack? <laughs> Mike Crack. <laughs> He's just going to go with Sebastian Vettel or Fernando Alonso or something stupid again. So never mind. Everything I just said is a joke. Mike Crack and Lawrence Stroll are idiots. They're going to just bring back the same people. And finally, let's talk about Williams. No, they have no one contracted. And I'm thinking Alpha are going to take Albon away from them. So I think Williams make a play for Pierre Gasly. I do. He's too talented to get the boot from the sport. But Red Bull don't have room for him anymore. I think Williams is a great spot. He has shown that he can take a shitbox car and move it up the grid and get it in positions that it has no business being in. And also, for some reason, Williams love Jack Aitken. Aitken, Aitken, Aitken. Why can't I say his fucking name? So maybe they give him a drive. Williams doesn't feel like a Williams without bringing a Brit into the seat anyway. They've got a reserve driver in Roy Nissany as well, but his F2 results at the moment suggest he probably isn't ready to take that leap. But if I'm Williams, I'm going for a Logan Sargent from F2. Bring him along. A US driver in F1 is great for the sport. He has a podium and some great finishes to his name. He's going to be in a shit car in F1, but let's see what he can do with it. All the while, while you're training him up, getting him that experience, your team is making a lot of cash off him, and I know you said you don't need a pay driver anymore, but he is still going to be generating a lot of that revenue in merch and sponsors with the US market pining and begging for an American to enter that sport. But that's it. That's what I suggest is going to happen. There you line up for the 2023. I'll run through them. We've got Red Bull with Verstappen and Perez. Here we go. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. Yes. Yes. And don't forget Ferrari have Leclerc and Sainz. I don't care that you're sick of these jingles. Suck my dick. Lick the side off my shaft and my butthole. Woo. Smooth operator. Uh, uh, uh. Smooth operator. You better believe Mercedes still has Hamilton and Russell McLarens. Got Norris and Ricardo for now. We talked about that one. Alfa Romeo are going to stick with Bottas and Joe Guan Yu. Alpine are going to go with Esteban Ocon still and Oscar Piastri. Haas are going to bring in Kevin Magnussen and Mick Schumacher on the conditions that he scores a point and improves. Uh, if not, they'll get in uh, Dragovic. Dragovic. Dragovic from F2. Aston Martin will bring in Lance Stroll, probably uh, probably Vettel or Alonso, but they should bring in an F2 driver instead. They're going to bring back Vettel or Alonso. I know they will. Alva Tauri will bring in Yuki Tsunoda again and then probably promote Alexander Albon up from Williams because it's a stupid, boring selection, and that's what Alva Tauri are going to do. And Williams are going to have Pierre Gasly and probably Jack Aitken, Aitken, Arkham Asylum. Uh, although it shouldn't be that. There you go. That's the grid. That's your grid next year. That is the 2023 driver's seats. Hey, you. Hey, you. Oi, can't. That's my fucking seat. That's not your seat. That's my seat. Give it here now. Best jingle in the sport right there. 
That's the grid for next year. What do you guys think? Have I fucked it up? No, I haven't, because I never do. Let me know on the socials at Parker by Furby on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm a stat man, Formula One stat man. Cody's a stat man. Yeah, stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Stat time, yeah. Oh, so much stats. So many stats. I don't know if this intro is even long enough. There's that many stats. Uh, stats, stats, stats. Yeah. Ooh, so many stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Oh, baby, you already know I'm a stat man. Woo. Now, recently, we went through a list of the best drivers that were the best when it comes to overtaking and the best when it comes to defending. But we have a quick 20 to 1 list of the overtake ratios and we're going to go from worst to first very quickly I'm not going to hold you up here for example Nicholas Latifi is 20th on the list with 4 overtakes and 25 times he's been passed so a ratio of 0.16 so without further ado let's go through from 20 to 1 and we are going to start number 20 Nicholas Latifi 0.16 number 19 Big Dick Danny Rick 0.50 Alexander Albon's 18, 0.56. Number 17 is Lando Norris, 0.64. The two, whew, the Williams and the McLarens at the back of the grid there obviously don't know what the fuck they're doing when it comes to overtaking. Number 16 is Mick Schumacher, 0.72. Pierre Gasly's number 15, 0.82. Lance Stroll, number 14, 0.87. Kevin Magnussen, 0.90. And then the first driver that has an even overtake to being overtaken Ratio is Sebastian Vettel in 12th position with one. Fernando Alonso, 1.06. Then it's Charles Leclerc, 1.12. Number nine is Esteban Ocon, 1.33. Max Verstappen's number eight with 1.6. Yuki Tsunoda, 1.73. Good on Yuki Yuke. The Bot Bot, 1.89. Zhou Guanyu is number five with 2.40. Lewis Hamilton, number four, 2.56. George Russell, 2.75 in number three. Number two is Carlos Sainz with four. And number one, so I'm sorry, Carlos signs with four overtakes per time he's been overtaken is number two. I say that with shock because number one is Sergio Perez, who's overtaken 11 drivers and only been overtaken once. Perez, the man who gets himself paid, baby. And how's that for your stat of the week? Bada bada bee, ba ba bada bo. He's a stat man. Ooh, that was a good stat. That's pretty good. Yeah, such a good stat. Such a, such a good stat. You know it was. He's a stat man. Hey, let's go on with the show. Cool, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, baby, that was a good stat. That was a good, good stat. Klaus. Klaus, was that a good stat? Yeah, it was pretty good stat. You had a lot of detail, Cody. I know, Klaus. I know, I'm good at what I do. I want to go get myself another double Midori on ice because Doris, the dumb bitch, hasn't even brought me one. So I'm going to go sort that mess out. Maybe fire her because I'm sick of this shit. Just keep the people entertained while I do that. Thank you.
For generations, people would watch cars go by until they finally wanted them to go by fast. Racing was then born. And who was going to talk about all the racing? Why, Caldi, of course. Welcome to the Pocket in My Ferme show, the number one comedy F1 podcast in the world. Here's your host, Caldi. Yes, baby, second half underway. We had a huge first half here. And I predicted the 2023 grid driver lineup for you. And I've got it spot on perfectly. And if you argue with me, I'll smack you. Smack you right across the face. All right. We also went through a very interesting set of the week, but we've got a huge second half with the brand new Crofty's Love Files and the top five drivers that are under the least amount of pressure. But also, we've got some big shows coming up too, so make sure you hit that subscribe and follow button on your podcast listening device because we're going to start getting you ready for Baku that's coming up shortly. I'm super excited. The season's just heating up, baby. You don't want to miss out. Klaus, I'm clearly rambling. Jesus Christ, Klaus, stop fading me out. That's it, baby. Make sure you like the socials at Park It In My Ferme on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That is exactly what you need to do. Go ahead and like those socials. Don't be afraid to give the, to give the socials just a little bit of love, baby. Give them some love. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm everywhere, baby. I think I even have a TikTok and a YouTube for some reason. I never use them. But go ahead and like it. Why not? But now it's time for a very, very brand spanking new... Crofty's Love Files. Well, look who we have here. Crofty back again after partying hard with Sergio Perez after his new contract and Monaco win. Crofty then gets confronted immediately. Find out what happens in this episode of Crofty's Love Files. Awoke in a daze. I had a thumping headache from a night out with Checo Perez. He was celebrating the win in Monaco and he was handing out broads like the stewards were handing out blue flags to Alexander Albon and Nicholas Latifi during the race. He was in rare form, but the luscious lovely ladies weren't doing much for me as there was only this one beauty that I had my eyes on. It was a lovely little thing with sharp corners like Baku that would give me a long straight, like Baku, a long straight in my pants. It was Wilma. Wilma finger do. And her finger do just fine. I shook off the hangover with another double Midori on ice as I got up from the couch in my office. Then all of a sudden, without any warning, like a random red flag in Monaco qualifying, the door swings open and there this beauty was. Oh my. A gorgeous dame with more curves than interlagos that made my front wings stiffen right up. It's like I've been fitted with Pirelli hards and I was about to go the distance on those things. She looked familiar and I could tell by the way she was looking at me that she was interested in a slice. I mean, of course she was. She'd have the full-blown wets on because I'm David 
fucking Croft. Crofty, I need some help. She said, her breasts heaving as she was out of breath, breathing heavily in that skimpy little red dress. I'll help you, dull face, but not before knowing your name, I asked. Anita, Anita dick in me. I bet you do, but that'll need to wait till after. What's the matter? Oh, it's Toto Wolf. He's kidnapped one of the girls I work with down at the chicane, the jazz hole that Christian Horner runs. I was very familiar with the chicane Horner and I go way back ever since I got him a little sample of the spices. Ginger spices. You see, that Spice Girl wanted Crofty long before Horner and who can blame her? It's what she wants, what she really, really, really wants. But I sent her packing. Who's the girl? I asked. It's Miss Normus. Dixie Normus. That son of a bitch, I'll help you. But it'll cost you, I said, as I admired that figure. Desperate for help like she was Daniel Ricardo struggling in the McLaren. She licks her lips and made her way to me slowly over to the bar cart. Slowly like Alonso and Monaco holding up the entire pack. She grabbed a bottle of Midori and two glasses and then continued back towards me. Her hips swinging from side to side like she was trying to get a set of Pirellis nice and warm on a formation lap and I had a little something forming myself. Baby, baby, baby. She placed a glass on the desk next to me and began to pour. Oh, the fluid started spilling out. And this time I was talking about the drink. She pressed her body up against mine. I felt all the bumps and I thought I was only going to be about 45 seconds away from porpoising all over this place once I hop in this vehicle. She hands me my drink as she slowly unzips her dress and lets it fall to the floor. Pole position was all hers if she wanted it. With a full-blown throbbing hood. I took a mouthful of the double Midori she just handed me. You know you don't need to slow down when you pass my pit entry. And my rear wing is always wide open, she whispered into my ear. It certainly activated my DRS. My dicks are swollen. She took the Midori glass out of my hand and slowly made her way back to the cut. Each move more mesmerizing than the last. If you no longer go for the gap, you're not a racing driver. And there was a gap that I was about to go for big time. I'm fucking David Croft, slaying of women. I wasn't gonna let this one slip through my fingers like a 2021 world championship for Hamilton. She was gonna be mine, I walk over to her. I pull her body up against mine. We kiss and tingles went through my entire body before settling down into my plums. I took one of my shoes off and I lobbed it towards the light switch, making the room pitch black with the moonlight pouring and highlighting her gorgeous features even more. Well, will my finger do? I guess it's lights out, and away we go. Oh yeah, Crofty. Oh, will my, will my finger do? Oh, your finger do just fine. Looks like Crofty got himself a little hangover cure indeed with Wilma Finger Day. But is he going to be able to track down Toto Wolf and Dixie Normus? Find out next time on Crofty's Love Files. Mother's Day is around the corner. 
Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for a very special edition of... Cody's Top 5. This time we are doing the top five drivers that are under the least amount of... Under pressure. Ooh, baby. Class, you're a little bit slow on the bus. Under pressure. Can we sort that out, please? Woo, that's exactly right. So we're going to be looking at the top five drivers that have no pressure on them whatsoever. They can do whatever the fuck they want, and they'll be fine. So despite the win and the second place on the weekend, both Perez and Carlos Sainz aren't making this list of drivers that are under the least amount of pressure because I do believe Carlos Sainz has a little bit on him. I know he's got a contract, but there's a little bit on him, and Perez is always going to have that pressure being that number two driver to Verstappen. But this here is... Cody's top five. Drivers that are under the least amount of... There we go, baby. I think we nailed that one, Klaus. That was much better. These are the drivers that don't have a single thing to worry about. Pressure. Not a care in the world. No troubles whatsoever. So coming in at number five, we're going to go with... Lance Stroll. Because you're a rich boy and you know you can't drive and it doesn't really matter anyway. You can rely on your old man's money. You can rely on your old man's And that's why. Old man owns the team. It should really be number one on the list. But, you know, I'm going to make it interesting. Lance Stroll has nothing to worry about. He could come dead last in the next 12 races or whatever. And daddy's going to love him. Yes, daddy will still love you, Lance. Lancey boy. He will still buy you that team. So he's racing fast and man. He's got a seat there. He's fine. Don't worry about it. Coming in at number four. Cody's top five. Valtteri Bottas. There is no pressure on him. And you can tell there's no pressure on him. He's just having fun out there. He's just relaxed, enjoying it. You know, he's come from Mercedes down to Alfa Romeo. He's starting to score a lot of points, getting those top five, six, seven finishes. Almost ahead of Hamilton on points. He's looking really good, just enjoying it. See what happens when you have fun. If you have fun doing something you love doing, the results will come. And he's having a great time right now. That's why I've got him on number four. Coming in at number three. Cody's top five. Lewis Hamilton. Yes. I'm saying it right now. There is no pressure on Lewis Hamilton. Seven-time world champ. Most wins. Most pussycat dolls fucked. He is number three on this list. Even though Russell, his teammate, is ahead of him. I think Russell's under more pressure. I think it's true. But how can you put pressure on a guy who's won you seven world titles? who's part of eight Constructors titles in a row. How can you put him under pressure? He's done everything for you. He's putting himself under pressure because he wants that one win this year so he can keep that streak alive of a win in every season. But Sir Lewis Hamilton, no pressure on you. Keep doing what you're doing, baby. Coming in at number two. Cody's top five. Number two is Charles Leclerc because even though he didn't perform well on the weekend, finished P4, He holds all the cars. He's a phenomenal driver. The team has invested in him for the next five or six years. He's not going anywhere. Ferrari seem to be on the up. I know they've plateaued a little bit now, but they seem to be on the up. No pressure on Leclerc. He's had a good year so far, despite the recent couple of results. He's no pressure on. 
It was none on him. And finally, number one. Cody's top five. It's Max Verstappen. He won Red Bull a world title last year. He beat a seven-time world champion to do so in a car that was worse. Yes, that Red Bull car was worse. Whatever team wins the constructors, that's the best team on the grid. That's the best car on the grid. Yeah? That Red Bull car was not the best car on the grid. And Verstappen won a world title with it. And right now, he's leading a world championship with this one. He's just hes phenomenal. There is no pressure on him. He's just out there doing his thing right now. And there's no way that Red Bull are ever going to get rid of him. So there's just no pressure. And I think when there's no pressure on a driver, they seem to perform a lot better. You know, some crumble under that pressure. We've seen that. Bottas in Mercedes, he crumbled. You know, those number two drivers at Red Bull over the years, Gasly, Albon, even Danny Rick, they crumbled a little bit. Danny Rick got some results, but still, a little bit of crumble. Yeah, a little bit of apple crumble. But they were... Cody's top five. Drivers that were under the least amount of... Under pressure. That's exactly right, class. You're on today, baby. Under pressure. Drivers, no pressure whatsoever. None. Pressure. But what do you guys think? Did I get it right? Have I got it wrong? I never get it wrong. You know I don't get it wrong. And if you say I've got it wrong, I'll come over there and smack you across the face. No, I'd never do that. It's all love, baby. All love and positivity here. But that is Cooley's top five drivers that are under the least amount of pressure. Let me know on the socials. at Parker by Fermi on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. But ladies and gentlemen, that's going to bring us to the end of episode 152. I'm sorry it's going up a bit late. We've had a lot of technical difficulties here at the Pimp International Race Circuit. It looks like Doris needs to do a bit of rewiring, getting on all fours again, getting into all the nooks and crannies, making sure it's all circuited, wired up just the way I like it. But she also likes being on all fours, that 75-year-old minx. Ooh, sexy, sexy lady. But... Thank you so much for stopping by. Head over to parkingbyfairway.com if you've missed out on any of the previous episodes or want to pick yourself up some nice merch. Go to the merch store there as well. We have a discount code for you all in the description. 5% off for the Cherubs and Muffins. That is podcast exclusive 5. Link is there as well. But if you want a little bit more than that with your free worldwide shipping, will you sign up on the Patreon, patreon.com slash parkingbyfairway. Join the Legends Club. You get 25% off in the merch store. If you don't mind, along with that free worldwide shipping, along with getting your name in every single show. And we have a look up there in the skybox right now. We've got our legend sipping away on double Midori on ice. I'll be out there in a second, guys. I'll come up and join you. Calm down. Calm down. They're having the time of their life. We've got Austin, Alex, Anthony, Caleb, John, and Taylor, the legends. Woo. Can't wait to join you guys. But as always, my cherubs, my muffins, my legends. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.